Bibles this morning, please join me in the book of 2 Kings chapter 13. The song we just sang, the last verse says, When I have come to the end of the way, and the last summons I must obey, may I be able to sing as I go. Jesus has washed me whiter than snow. Well, the great prophet Elisha is about to experience that very thing. We began with Elisha as a young man about 30 years old. About a year ago, we started looking at his life and ministry under the umbrella that there had been a nation, the nation of Israel, that had almost completely forgotten God. And that God raised up a man to remind them of the God of their fathers and of the covenant. And that they were to be the people of God. And he started out very zealous. You remember Elijah, his predecessor, came and he threw his mantle over him and called him to the ministry. And he took his, his cattle that he used to make his living with and he, and he offered them up to the Lord and said goodbye to his house. And he went and, and he followed after Elijah for several years. And then the mantle fell to him as Elijah was carried off into glory in a fiery chariot. The mantle fell to Elisha and he took it up and he began his ministry by taking that mantle and striking the Jordan River and crying out, Where is the God of Elijah? And the rivers were parted and he went across and began his ministry. And so we've seen miracle after miracle performed by the prophet Elisha. Just go with me in your mind back. We have the raising of uh, the widow's son uh, to life. We have the healing of Naaman of his leprosy. The providing of water for the uh, armies of Israel and Judah when they were about to perish. The healing of the waters that were cursed at Jericho. Oh, little children, do you remember when he called out the bears? The, the uh, children were making fun of the bald-headed preacher. <laughs> and he called out the she-bears and 42 of those children. They were really a mob is what they were. They were a righteous mob. And, and the bears, the she-bears came out and, and destroyed them. We think about uh, the miracles when he opened the eyes of of his servant and he saw all the horsemen and chariot of God defending the nation of Israel. And so miracle after miracle, about 16, 17 miracles occurred in the life and ministry of Elisha. And we did this series under the umbrella of the thought again that there was a nation that had forgotten God. And while that's relevant to us is we realize that that's what's happening in our country. That we live among a people that seem to have spiritual amnesia it wasn't that many years ago that our forefathers uh, brought forth upon this continent a new nation. And that they, they honored God. They believed in Judeo-Christian principles and even honored God's Sabbath and honored the Word of God. And so we've seen a slow decline away from that. And we want to be used by God to people who also will be reminders that God is our King. Presidents come and go, beloved, but God is our King. And our, our nation's only hope is to return to the Lord. That's the hope of every individual and that's the hope of our nation. 
But today, here at the end of the life, this will be our last message on the prophet Elisha. Here at the end of his days, he's uh, going to have to obey that last summons from the Lord. We're going to do it under a different umbrella. The umbrella today is going to be a God that remembered a nation and the man who reminded them. The title of our message today is Elisha's Last Stand. Elisha's Last Stand. Look at these precious words that have been inspired for us by the Holy Spirit. 2 Kings chapter 13 beginning in verse 14. Hear the word of God. Now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness whereof he died. And Joash the king of Israel came down unto him and wept over his face. And said, and this ought to be familiar to all of us, this phrase. Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Now, I just wanted the teacher in me just has to ask the question. Can anybody answer for me out loud where we've heard that expression before in this story? Raise your hand if you remember. Be bold. Anybody? Okay. When did it happen, Brother Jeff? Right, when Elijah was taken up, this is what Elisha said about him. You're the bulwark of Israel. You're the real defender. Never forget that our armies do not defend this nation. It is the prayers of God's people that uphold and defend this nation. Never quit praying. Never quit praying for our nation. Never quit believing in the power of God. Remember the God of our fathers and of our nation, And so now this king is saying the same thing to Elisha that Elisha said to Elijah. And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. Now listen. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And he said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. And Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou hast consumed them. And he said, take the arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice. And stayed or stopped. And the man of God was wroth with him and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then hast thou smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. And Elisha died. And they buried him. And the bands of the Moabites invaded the land at the coming in of the year. And it came to pass as they were burying a man that behold they spied a band of men and they cast the man into the sepulcher of the grave of Elisha. Now listen to this beloved. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha he revived and stood on his feet. Hallelujah. And Hazael king of Syria oppressed Israel all the days of Jehoahaz. And the Lord was gracious unto them. And had compassion on them. And had respect unto them. 
because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and would not destroy them, neither cast he them from his presence as yet. So Hazel, king of Syria, died, Syria died, and Benadad his son reigned in his stead. And Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz, took again out of the hand of Benadad, the son of Hazael, the cities which he had taken out of the hand of Jehoahaz, his father, by war. Three times did Joash beat him and recovered the cities of Israel. Before we break into this, that, that's some pretty awesome things that just happened in the Bible. Those are real events. Those aren't just fables or, or stories. That, that is amazing. That's the only time that I know of in the Bible that something happened uh, in regards to someone's bones like that, that there was a man that was dead, William, and he touched the bones of Elisha and he came back to life. How God honors his men even after their deaths. Can I get an amen? Even after their deaths, he honors them. But what I love about this is we've talked we've talked so much and we've seen so much how that Israel as a nation had forgotten God. You know, even a, a lot of people in Israel at this time had not been totally given to, to idolaters, to idolatry. They weren't uh, worshipers of a false god. But beloved, listen to me, because this is, this is relevant to our day and relevant to our own hearts. Are you listening? They were false worshipers of the true God. Do you see the difference? They weren't worshiping a false god, but they were false worshipers of the true God. And even though they had forgotten God, isn't it wonderful that we read that God had not forgotten them? God said, I didn't give them up as yet. Oh, how long-suffering God is. And He has been with our country. That's why we must continually, like Elisha did, till His last breath, He continued to reach out to try to help the kingdom of God and bring people back to God, Elisha's last stand. So we read that this great prophet, this one that had healed so many people, this one that had healed people of leprosy, this one that had raised people's sons who had died back to life, now he had come his time uh, to die. He had fallen of, of a sickness, and it was a sickness whereof he died. I want you to know that it is estimated that Elisha at this time was, was probably about 120 years old. He was probably about 120 years old. I don't know about you, but that kind of stirs me up. You know, it, it's kind of, it kind of hits you a little bit when you turn 50. You think, oh man, you know, if I live to be 100, half of my life is, is already gone and, and probably some of the best years where I had, you know, my strength and, and my youth. But hallelujah, like Brother Jeff said today, maybe even my best years are yet to come by God's grace. I want to be like Elisha, even when I'm 100 or 120 still with my last breath serving God. I want to be valuable to God, to God and to God's kingdom to the very end, just like King David was. And so that's our first point. In Elisha's last stand... To the last breath, he was valuable. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't believe in euthanasia. 
I don't believe in sticking people in nursing homes. Now, I know sometimes things happen in families and with people's health conditions. I'm not condemning anybody that's ever had to put somebody in the nursing home. I understand that. But, beloved, we ought to care for the elderly. We ought to respect them. We ought to love them and and value them. Oh, I love it. Here this king was. Israel had fallen on hard times. And now the king of Israel sees that the true bulwark of Israel, he said, you're the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. He sees he's about to die and he fears what will happen because he knows that for so long Elisha had been used to protect them and bless them. He acknowledged that. Beloved, you know, we ought to strive, we ought to seek to so live that even the ungodly would miss us when we are gone. We ought to strive to live that kind of life. And here, even at 120 years old, till his last breath, you hear, you can almost hear the life seeping out of him. But he finds strength to put his hands on the king's hands. He has breath in him to prophesy one more time for deliverance of God's uh, people. Oh, I love this. And Elisha, he goes out with a bang. Elisha went to, uh, Elijah went in a burning chariot. But no less glorious is the death of Elisha to me. Here with his last breath, he's valuable to the end. For 90 years, for 90 years, he had served his God and served the people of God. And hallelujah, I can tell you about him that he never gave up. Even Elijah, his predecessor, remember he one time he went to a, uh, uh, to a cave, you remember, Brother Andy, and he said, Lord, just take my life. You know, I'm the only one left. Just, I, he was just ready to give up. And God said, you don't know I have 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to Baal. But we never even hear that out of Elisha. And in, in, in his 30th year, he was called by God. The mantle was thrown over him. And for 90 years, under tough conditions, oftentimes he was persecuted and hated and, and uh, misrepresented and misunderstood. Yet the glory of God beat in his heart to the very end. I love that. I want to be that way. I want to be that way to the last breath. I want to be valuable to God and to his people like Elisha was. I want to never give up. He's another great example in the scriptures of this. Brother Jeff, I, I couldn't have asked for a better intro. Uh, than you gave in Psalm David at the end of his years, praying, God, keep using me. Lord, let me keep showing your strength to my generation and your power to everyone that has come. What a mission. Brother Jeff talked to, to us Wednesday night about an embarrassing uh, circumstance in his ministry. He got asked by Jay Adams, you know, what's the most important theme of Scripture? Brother Jeff gave a pretty good answer, I thought. He said, well, it's redemption. And Jay Adams said, no. It's not. It's the glory of God. It's the glory of God. Well, I tell you, Brother Jeff, uh, our wonderful prophet fits in that category. He lived and his heart beat to the last for the glory of God and the good of his people. We need more like him. Another great example. Turn me to the book of Hebrews in the great hall of faith. Turn me there. Turn with me there to the 11th chapter. And I want you to think about your life. And I want you to think about your legacy and the years that you and I have left. And it may be the prayer, may it be the prayer 
of our heart, of your heart, and of my heart. Lord, whatever strength remains in me, let me use it to your glory. Would you pray that with me today? Whatever remaining strength that I have, let it be used for you and for your glory like it was in Elisha. I love this about another great patriarch named Jacob. You remember him. How much how much that God worked in his life. He made so many mistakes and found himself on the wrong side of God's will many times. But then God changed his name to Israel. And I love this, what it says about him in Hebrews 11. Are you there with me? Verse 21. By faith, Jacob, when he was what? When he was a dying. When he was a dying. You know it's sad to see some of the great ministers that I have known fade off the scene. Sometimes nobody even knows this. But sometimes when I'm feeling really down. I go up to Pine Hill Cemetery. And I go and I just look at what it says on the gravestone of Hassel Wallace. And it says he believed God. And it gives me strength somehow. I think about. Bobby Poe and my grandfather, Brother H.D. Fulmer, many of the great men of God that have gone on to be with the, with the Lord. And I think about Jacob when he was dying. Listen, this is when he was an old, old man. Blessed both the sons of Joseph, the future. He blessed the future. And he what? And he worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. I say hallelujah to that. Uh, for all you gray heads in here, that every morning you get up and you hurt and you ache, and especially on Sunday you can make every excuse not to come to the house of God. But hallelujah, you're here. And you're setting an example, and you're still praying, and you're still believing, and you're still encouraging, and you saw the ones come before you do it too. we got no excuse, do we? <laughs> we saw, saw Sister Joy, Sister Ina come in here with their canes, when they couldn't come with the canes, they came with their wheelchairs into the house of God. Kept giving. Kept giving to the church to the end. Kept praying to the end. Kept encouraging their ministers to the end. To their last breath. They were valuable to this church. May it, may it be something that stirs our hearts as well. I think about in the temple when Jesus first came into the temple when he was a baby. You remember old Simeon and Anna. How they were in the temple, worshiping God. And when they saw Jesus, oh, their strength was renewed. And, uh, and even Simeon said, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace. For I've seen thy salvation and the glory of thy people, Israel. You know how Anna took Jesus up in her arms and prophesied over him. Oh, beloved, may we also... Be a great example. Here we see that Elisha was no favorite of the kings of Israel. Right? But now that he's about to die, even this wicked king, this king that had forgotten God, this king that we read about, walked in the sins of his father. Yet Elisha had lived such a life to the glory of God that even this king came down to his humble place and wept over his face, brother Jeff. He wept over his face. Because he had lived such a life that even the ungodly were going to miss him when he was gone. I tell you, that king 
knew what Elijah really was. He said, you're the chariot of Israel and you're the horseman thereof. You're the bulwark of this nation. You have been valuable and you are valuable. And he was valuable even to his last breath. Secondly, I love this too. To the, to the last breath, not only was he valuable, but to the last breath, did you hear him? To the last breath, he called men to faith. This was, a, this was an act of faith that the king must follow. He called him to faith. Believe in God. Believe in your Lord. I know the enemy is mighty. I know things are bad. But he said, open the window. This is, this is, a, this is such a beautiful picture of prayer. And the arrows, our arrows are our prayers uh, to God. Our, the arrow of deliverance. You know, the king should have never stopped shooting those arrows. <laughs> and beloved, we must never start shoot, stop shooting our prayers. Can I get an amen? Oh, we, we need to unload the chambers, unload the quivers. Here he, with his last breath, he called men to faith. Even this king, he said, don't stop believing in God's power. He called into faith to believe, to believe, and to remember that the battle is not ours, but it's whose? But it's the Lord's. Faith, beloved, can overcome all obstacles. Faith can overcome all fears, for this is the victory that overcometh the world. What? Even our faith. Oh, I love this. Listen to what the Apostle Paul uh, challenges. He came to the end of his days. Well, Apostle Paul, he was ready to part and be with Christ, right? He said, I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. He said all those things. He said, I'm ready to take up that crown of, of righteousness as anyone should be, as I know Elisha was. But, but I love it to the very end. He, he, here, he's on his deathbed. He's struggling at 120 years old. I don't know how the oldest person in the church is, but you ain't near that yet. 120 years old. And he could have just said, oh, let me just ease off into glory. But no. He used his last breath to call men to faith, to prophesy for deliverance for the people of God, for victory for the people of God here in uh, the Corinthian letter, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. For all of us that are on the other side of our lives now. What a great challenge here from the Apostle Paul. And I think about Elisha when I read this. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13. Watch ye. Stand fast in the what? In the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. Hallelujah. You young people, I know not the things that you're going to face. I'll be honest with you. The future for our country right now looks bleak. But don't stop believing in the power of God. Hold to your faith. This world wants you to doubt your beliefs and believe your doubts. But don't be that way. Believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts. Hold to faith. Faith can overcome all obstacles and fears. 
Believe and be saved. Believe and know victory. Believe and be free. Believe. He told this king, this trembling king, with trembling hands, afraid of the enemy, afraid of the Syrians, he said, I'm going to teach your hands to make war. Isn't that what David said about the Lord? He teacheth my hands to make war. Well, here the old prophet is. He's going out. But he challenges the king. He says, take up the bow and arrow and use your strength and pull the arrow back and shoot out the window toward the enemy, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And he said, you'll not be alone for on his hands were the man of God's hands. Hallelujah. Don't you like that? He put his hands on the hands of the king. That's where the true power is, beloved. It's not in our government. It's not in Republican or Democrat. It's the power of God that's in the hearts of His children. Yes. And in the message of the gospel. I love what it says in the book of Matthew as well. As we try to hammer home this point. I love this. Elisha's last stand. He's, he's not going out with a whimper, is he, Brother Jeff? No. He's going out as he came in. Holding the mantle high. Holding the banner of Jesus high. Being valuable to the end. Calling men to faith. And the nation to faith to remember God. That God had remembered them. And not forgotten them. Hallelujah. Here in Matthew 9. I love this. This is, this is a, a man that had, I believe, lost his, his sight or his speech. I think it was his eyes in this chapter. Look at this. But listen to what Jesus says about it. As we think about our country, as we think about our lives, as we think about maybe the things that we're facing, maybe it's in our marriage, maybe it's in our own personal lives, hearts, things that we're dealing with. Maybe it's jobs. Maybe, maybe it's uh, old age or health. When Jesus departed thence, this is Matthew nine twenty seven, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Beloved, that's the right answer. Every time. But listen to what he said. And he took, and then touched he their eyes saying, Listen to this. According to your faith, what? Be it unto you. There's the power. Will you believe and be saved? Will you believe and know victory? Will you believe and be free? Elisha, as he's going out, he tells the king, there's an opening. There's an opening. Take the bow in the hand and shoot the arrows. Open the window eastward. And he opened it back in our text. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou hast consumed them. So... With his last breath, he was still so valuable. With his last breath, he continued to call men to faith. Those of you that have had wayward children, never give up on them. 
Never cease praying for them. God is able to rescue them with His mighty arm and His mighty hand. Believe! All things are possible to him that believeth. According to your faith, be it unto you, shoot the arrows of deliverance till your quiver is empty. But to his last breath, not only did he call men to faith, but he called men to action. You notice, Elisha didn't do it for the king, did he? Elisha didn't say, Brother Jeff, bring me the bow and arrow. I'll, I'll shoot him. Give me the arrows. I'll strike them on the ground. We will not rest on the laurels of those that have gone before us. They did what God called them to do. We must also take up the mantle and do what God calls us to do in our generation and then pass it on to the next generation. And those of you that are under younger than me, you must take up the bow. You must take up the arrow. You must, by faith, be men and women of action. Tears. He wept over the face of Elisha. Elisha said, wipe the tears off your face. Tears aren't going to get anything done. Take up the bow and the arrow. Become a man of action. Take them up. Shoot them. Smite. All these action words. Take. Shoot. Smite. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. Did you all notice that in the story? He said, take these arrows and smite them on the ground. Well, the king was just kind of half-hearted about it. Let's all be honest, he probably did it three more times than we would have. (laughs) Right? But Elijah was, it says, wroth. You know, it's not always wrong to be angry. The Bible says, be angry, but what? Sin not, not, right. Here was some, some, some godly, jealous anger. From the prophet, he said, you didn't make the most of your opportunity. If you were to have smitten as many times as to your arm gave out, he said, you would have consumed all the enemies of Israel. Right? You know, the Greeks had a statue named Opportunity. It was called Curios. Curios. But in Greek, it's Opportunity. It's very interesting the way this statue was built. The statue was built as if the man was on his tiptoes running, trying to escape. And the front of his face was covered with, with his hair. His hair was really long in the front, and it was shaved in the back. And there was inscription, there was a conversation on the statue, and it went like this. The stranger comes up to the statue and says, you know, what's your name? And the statue says, my name's Opportunity. And the stranger says, well, why is your hair so long in the front? And the statue says, well, every time that you meet me, you should you know, grab hold of my hair and hang on to me and make the most of me. Well, why is your hair shaved in the back? And why are you on your tiptoes? He said, because once I get by you, you can never catch me again. What about the opportunities God's already given you in your life? Have you made the most of them? Or or can we look and and say, Oh man, I, I need to do so much better. From this day forward, Lord, help me to make the most. Help me to be a man of action. Help me to do some taking. Help me to do some smiting. Help me to do some shooting, Lord. I'm afraid I've just done just too much weeping over the face of everybody that did everything. For me. No, it's it's your time. It's 
It's my time. I remember, I, I think about this so much about the power of prayer and the power of prayer in, in, in the prophets and how James says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, what? It avails much. And he mentions the prayers of Elisha, Elijah, how that he prayed and it didn't rain for three years and then he prayed and then it rained. Do you know that Mary, Queen of Scots, she says she feared the prayers of John Knox more than all the armies of Europe. One godly man's prayers. What are you angry about today? What are you wroth about today? You know what you should be angry about? Know what you should be wroth about? Is your own laziness. Your own apathy. Your own lethargy. There was a pastor one time. He came to his deacons. And he said. Brothers I've figured out. What's wrong with our church. He says uh, we're apathetic. And the deacon said who cares. <laughs> right. Who cares. I ask you today. Do you care. Do you care about the future of this nation. Do you care about the future of this church. Do you care about the future of, of those that are coming behind us? Then make a stand like Elisha. A last stand. Even at 120 years old. Valuable to the end. Calling men to faith. Being faithful himself. He died the way he lived. He died the way he lived. He went to heaven and shouting, prophesying victory for the people of God with his hands on the king's hands. Even after he was dead, his bones brought a man to life. Hallelujah. Will your life impact those even beyond the grave? It's possible. It's possible. If you're going to be angry about something, be angry about that you haven't made the most of the opportunities that God has given to you and to I and make a resolve by God's grace. And by the strength of the Lord that we'll do better in the years and days to come that He has given to us. I think about what it says in the book of Ecclesiastes, if you'll turn with me there just quickly. The book of Ecclesiastes, and I want to go to chapter 9 as we begin to wind down our message. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10 I don't know where you're at in your life right now. Maybe, maybe you're retired. Maybe you're trying to get to retirement. <laughs> maybe you're a mom at, at home still trying to raise kids or raising little kids. Maybe you're in a transition place in your life. Maybe you work with your hands. Maybe you, maybe you uh, are in school trying to decide what you want to be. Maybe you're really young and trying to figure out life. Listen to this wisdom literature for us all. And don't you see this in the life of our great prophet as he makes his last stand. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Don't be half-hearted in your schoolwork. Don't be half 
hearted at home helping your parents. Don't be half-hearted worshiping God or whatever labor that it is that you have. Don't be half-hearted as a member of a church or serving your God. But serve the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your might. You know what the key word in there and all that is? All. All. With all your might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave to which thou goest. In the words of Martin Luther King Jr., now is the time. Now is the time. With his last breath, he called men to action for God's glory and Israel's good. He didn't say with his last breath, I'd like the elders of Israel to bring my casket in a big procession and everybody talk about how great a man of God I was and everybody remember all the miracles uh, that I did and, and make a big to-do about my death because I need to have a, a big going-out party like Elijah did. No, with his last breath, he said, I, I want the glory of God going forth. I want the nation of Israel going forth and being victorious and returning back to God, remembering God the way that God said in our thing. Did y'all, did y'all see that in the verse 23? And the Lord was gracious unto them. That's amazing. What an amazing statement. And had compassion on them and had respect unto them. Even though they had forgotten Him and turned away from Him so much. Why? Because of His covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And He would not destroy them, neither cast He them from His presence as yet. As yet. There was a window. There was a time. Elisha made the most of it with his last breath. He called him to action, to victory, to faith, to deliverance, to God's glory. So, to the last breath, he was valuable. To the last breath, he called men to faith. To the last breath, he called men to action for God's glory and the good of Israel. But then it says, Elisha died. And you know, you would really think that would have been the end of the story. Right? I mean, pretty, pretty most, most times, you know, people die. They put you in the grave. Year year comes by, few people might go visit, remember you. I remember when I was a young boy, William Eli, we used to mow the cemetery at Fellowship, the old Fellowship Primitive Baptist Church. And one time we were doing it, and we had finished, and we started playing in the woods behind, and we came across about 100 graves that had been lost. Nobody knew that they were even back there. The, the woods had just overtaken the the cemetery, and those people and those men had had been forgotten. I remember Brother Wallace telling me one time a man's life is like this, Brother Nathan. He said, you put your finger in a bucket of water and draw it out, and that's, that's all that a man's life is. But I want you to know not so with Elisha, and not so with every one of us who love the Lord Jesus Christ. Beyond the last breath, his relationship with God still impacted the world. Isn't that amazing? Shakespeare said, The evil that men do lives after them, 
The good is often turned with their bones. But not so with Elisha, the man of God. His prayers, his prophecies, his miracles are still remembered even to this very hour. And impacting Zion and the world in our day. They had buried him in this sepulcher, beloved. And we, we see. But, but did you notice that his prophecies came true? He said the, the king had, had struck the ground three times. And at the end of the story, how many times did, did he defeat the Syrians? It came to pass, didn't it? It came to pass, just like the prophet had said, even after he was dead, his prophecy came to pass. He was still impacting but then even beyond this, what, what, what even meaning is in all of this? I don't even know. Because this is amazing. That apparently it, it seems to me like this group of uh, Moabites had a dead person with them. I don't know if they had murdered them or what. But apparently they needed a place to stash the body. And they didn't apparently know where they were. But they just saw this sepulcher. They said, hey, here's a good place to uh, stash this body. And so they put him in Elisha's tomb. And however it happened, when that dead man's flesh touched the bones of the prophet Elisha, God brought that man back to life. I'd like, I'm, I can't wait till I get to heaven and I can ask what happened after that. I don't know what that man did. I don't know what those people did with a man they already, if they murdered him, what did they do with him? Or did he say, I think I'll just stay down in here until the coast is clear. It'd be really interesting to find out the rest of that story. and What happened with that man's life? I bet it was something incredible. Something special. The only other person that we can liken that to is, is the Lord Jesus, who even, even after death, and He rose again, the powerful impact that, that He had, as much as His life impact had, even more so, His resurrected life had. Beyond the last breath, His relationship with God impacted the world so the question is the challenge for you and me as we see Elisha making his last stand. Lord, whatever strength remains in me, could you please help me to use it for your glory and the good of your people? Will you make me a man, a woman of faith, a man and woman of action, a man and woman that with me when they lay me down and I've forgotten that my life ends but they'll know that my God lives on. He lives on in their hearts. And that my testimony, the way that I live, that will even impact the world even after I'm gone. May it be so. Oh, it's hard to close the book on, those, on that great prophet. I wish I could tell y'all that Israel straightened up they quit being false worshipers of the true God. I wish I could tell you that because of all that God did through Elisha and all His prophecies and all of His messages, that they got right with God and, and turned back to God. But do you all know that they didn't? 
And neither did the southern kingdom, but they, they both forfeited all their blessings from the Lord. May it not be so with our country. May we all be men and women that pray and shoot the arrows of the Lord's deliverance and see victory in the future. May the Lord bless you and keep you as our prayer.